Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome back inside the lab to the Friday edition of the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast. A lot to get to on today's episode, including what is going on with Shane Pinto and the Ottawa Senators. And we're taking a look at a few squads on the hot seat. Who's hot, who's cold once again, but in a bad way, Friday's big time bets. Let's get this paper. Your Locked On Fantasy Hockey, your daily podcast on fantasy hockey. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday, everybody, and thank you so much for joining us for the Friday episode of the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast. And thank you sincerely for making us your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Steel, there's some very intriguing details coming out of this Shane Pinto story that you and I are going to talk about very quickly off the top. This is probably going to force his hand into signing his contract at a lower end that he didn't want. Very intriguing angle. I know you have some takes that I'm excited to hear about. But we're also going to take a look at some squads on the NHL hot seat. A number of teams are off to some poor starts. And yeah, it is early. But sooner or later, some of these teams are going to have to start hitting that panic button. And out west deal, Calgary and Edmonton might be already there. So we'll break that down Friday. Six-game betting board. Let's keep this money train rolling, Steel. You and I have been hitting some bets this week. Take it away, my friend, because I know you have a take on this uh, Shane Pinto situation, which obviously came out today, 41-game suspension. Very, very interesting news out of a young player in Ottawa. Yeah, it is. And, you know, before we get into our opinions about the entire matter, like we're, we're not going to know exactly the, all the details of, of what transpired between Shane, mm. Shane Pinto and these allegations and the investigation, everything. But I want to lay down the facts before we get to our opinion. So I like it. this all started around the time Shane Pinto was in Ottawa practicing with the team and then went back to Long Island amid the contract negotiations with the Ottawa Senators. Now, negotiations stopped because Pierre Dorian was made aware of the investigation that was in, was going to take place mm. and kept this under wraps while the NHL went through their process. Interesting. The league, the league started investigating around that time because they were made mm. aware of some unusual activity coming from Pinto's gambling account. And hmm. he was not accused of gambling on NHL games. Right. And that has now been confirmed to be true that he was not gambling on NHL mm. games. And again, we don't know exactly what transpired, but to give some context or some references, this, this is what Elliot Friedman said on his podcast earlier today or earlier yesterday, he made the reference to a player from the Tennessee Titans in the NFL who was suspended this year for six games Mm -hmm. was legally, legally placing bets on other leagues. But because he placed those bets on grounds of at the team facility, facility, that was prohibited. That was Mm -hmm. not allowed. And that's why he was suspended. So that could be the case Mm. for what happened with Shane Pinto, where something along those lines could have happened again, Mm -hmm. not, I don't want to say, I don't want to confirm anything. That's just a reference to what Elliot Freeman said and what could right. possibly have happened with this, uh, with this suspension. And again, I'm not saying that Pinto did that, but there was something that alarmed the NHL enough that they had to take action. And the suspension actually started when the Ottawa Senators played their first game this year. So he'll actually mm. be eligible to return January 21st after the 41 games of the Ottawa Senators. 
And it seems like Shane Pinto is taking full responsibility of this. He's not going to uh, appeal this decision. And I've even heard from a couple of people that uh, it was actually negotiated down to 41 games or negotiated mm. to 41 games from what it could have been. So those are the facts that we know of as of right now. Again, I don't I don't believe we're going to get any more details or, you know, very few uh, few details to come out from what actually happened and this whole entire investigation. With all of that being said, to me personally, if he was accused and he was found out to actually be uh, gambling on NHL games, mm -hmm. that's a different story. This would be, of course. this would obviously be a suspension, uh, a suspension worthy punishment. Actually, if it were to be true, he probably would be banned from the NHL because mm. they have a strict gambling policy right. on this type of things. Like a lot of other leagues do as well. We've seen in the NFL the, uh, over the last couple of years, personally, though, the fact that they've said that he was not gambling on the NHL games, this strikes me as an overstep an over suspension. Mm. And I bring it, I want to bring it back to this. The NHL promotes, gambling 24 7 it's yes. on their jerseys it's on their helmets ottawa actually had a sponsor helmet of bet, bet 99, 99. Just, yeah just a year ago it's yeah. on the boards it's every other commercial mm -hmm. you see on tv oh it's everywhere they are shoving gambling down all the fans throats even on the players and the way that i think about it is like we're all humans first we are mm -hmm. all people first. You know, athletes get yep. treated in a different way, obviously, because they are athletes. They're in the spotlight. But at the they end of the day, they make a ton of are, money. They make a ton of money. But we are all people first. And even just even like this last week, I've been seeing LeBron James putting out his picks for the NFL games, you know, every Sunday. If, if they come out and say that he was not gambling on the NHL games, I don't see in any way possible how he gets reprimanded for 41 games. It's it's a very hefty punishment. The Department of Player Safety in general, the NHL in general, when they hand out suspensions, they don't exactly have the best track record over the last number of years. It's It seems like at times they're picking punishments by throwing darts at a dartboard steal. It has been very all over the place and inconsistent. We had the statement up there from Pinto a second ago. He's accepting everything, but I'm with you. And I also want to say this. This is what happens when you develop this market for gambling so quickly. And like you said, very poignantly, shoving it down everyone's throats. And that's everyone. Fans, you know, players in the game, front office staff, everyone. It's everywhere. And there's a time and a place for everything is what I would say. And I understand gambling at the facility is probably something you don't want to be doing. And I understand that suspension from that angle. But otherwise... If they're legally betting on sports that they have nothing to do with, I really don't see a problem with it. And I don't think the NHL should put themselves so closely to all of these major books without having something in place or maybe having at least an approach with their with these athletes and knowing exactly what. Mind you, we don't know the full story 100%. We don't know exactly what the NHL is going to end up doing. Maybe, I don't know if, can he even appeal this? I don't think he can even appeal it. So... It's, it's an overstep. I agree with you. I think there's a time and a place for everything. I think with all the changes with gambling, the NHL has to continue to change. That's not something they've been able to do either, Steele. I really like your takes on this, by the way. I can tell you've done your research for today, and I appreciate it. If you're good with it, though, we'll head to break and come back and talk about some of these teams on the hot seat or what? 
Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> Giddy up because we got a couple of big time reads coming up. So buckle up, my friends. Today's episode is brought to you by Parkview Advance. As a business owner, you realize there are times when receivables might fall behind, but that doesn't mean you need to fall behind on vendor payments, payroll, or rent. For more than 25 years, Parkview Advance has helped business secure working capital. From 5000 to $1.5 million, Parkview Advance can improve your working capital in as little as 24 hours. It's a much easier process than you might imagine. We invite many entrepreneurs that are locked on NHL fans to learn more by calling them at 203-675-0071 or go to parkviewadvance.com. If your business needs working capital, call Parkview Advance today. Parkview Advance, helping businesses with their working capital. Go to parkviewadvance.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by Jace Medical. There's a lot of uncertainty in the world today, Steele, and it's important to be prepared from the unrest in the Middle East, fires in Hawaii, hurricanes around Florida, earthquakes across the world. You can never know when you have that stability of five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. Jace Medical now offers customizability for your Jace case with dozens of add-on medications. Choose the medications that best fit you and your family's unique needs i've been on vacation still in costa rica you never know when you get a bad cut you get really sick you want to have the medications on hand and with the jace case you have just that go to jacemedical.com and enter code locked on at checkout for 20 bucks off discount on your order that's promo code locked on at j-a-s-e medical.com and thank you so much for making the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast your first listen every single day. We really appreciate all that love and support. Continue to hit the subscribe button, leave a follow, leave a five-star review on your favorite oh. podcast platform. And again, thank you so much for tuning in for today's episode, Friday edition. Got some crazy hey. news coming out of auto. We got some teams that we want to rattle off. We just talked mm -hmm. about some of the hottest teams in the NHL. Yes. Let's talk about some of the coldest teams teams the on NHL. the hot seat teams baby. on the hot seat that are not living up to expectations this year or just playing poorly overall i'll throw it yeah. over to you flip because i pretty Appreciate much that. took over that shane pinto conversation that's okay hey. what's that first team you're looking at you took it over very nicely steel but i'm taking a look at this calgary flame squad I was buying into this team bouncing back, Huberto bouncing back, the whole situation with the coach. I thought Markstrom was going to be better. And yeah, okay. They're two, four, and one, I believe. Is that what I have up there? I hope that's right. You know, Steel, I was in here. I was in the lab making <laughs> graphics all day. I got to make sure these numbers are right. Calgary is two, four, and one. Yeah. But I guess what I'm looking at is they've now lost three straight games. Nazem Kadri is really, really underperforming. Yeah. I think that power play needs to get it going. And I know that they've had their issues scoring goals steal, but this team is not good enough, not deep enough anymore. And you've got players calling out the team. Was it Zadarov, I believe, called out his team the other day. Yeah. This is a really messy situation already developing here in Calgary. And to me, after what they did last year, I think it was like 23 one-goal games. And I think they ended up that they lost. And after a season like that and just poor performances all around, I think this team came into the year on the hot seat. Three straight losses, overall poor performance, poor goal differential. They're a team for me that's on the hot seat. And I think you also have them on your list. Yeah, I also have the Calgary Flames on my list. And and this is a team that, again, from what I heard from Jonathan Huberdo and Nazem Kadri before the season started about their mentality heading into this season, wanting to be in Calgary, having those mm. long-term big contracts for them. 
I was backing them up because Jonathan Huberto, you know, before he got to Calgary, was one of the best playmakers, one of the best players in the yeah. league. And he has really just shut off his entire game. And the thing that's going on for me is they're Puzzling. showing troubling similarities from last year under Daryl Sutter. Again, mm-hmm. it's only the first five, six games in the league, but stars mm-hmm. aren't producing enough offense, poor puck management. They're out shooting their opposition, but not winning the games. And again, go back to Jonathan Huberto and Nazem Kadri. Their yeah. two highest paid players are combined for five points and neg and minus 15 on the season. Like you said, Nikita Zadorov sounded mm. off on the team, uh, you know, just under a week ago about mm. the poor play, the lack of identity, and just not working as those a are player. harsh comments. Still, those, those are, are harsh. harsh comments. Honestly, Zadorov should be the one saying them because he's probably been one of the best players on the team so far. Uh, other than a few other offensive players for the Calgary Flames, but not, you know, again, just hmm. poor, poor puck management all around so far from the Calgary Flames. It just seems like they can't figure it out. They can't seem to click together. It's a puzzle piece that just doesn't want to fit. Speaking of which, let's stay in the West. Let's stay in Alberta for one of my teams that I think is clear. And we've talked a lot about Edmonton over the last couple yeah. of weeks. So I don't need to keep, I'm going to keep this one brief because. We know the goaltending has been a mess. But more importantly, I would say, Steele, and I don't know if you've read any about this, that there, this new defensive system that Jay Woodcroft's put in place is part of the re- reason why this team has been struggling in its own end. I'm really not here for that conversation because it was your choice to implement this new defensive system. Yeah. And clearly a 4.35 goals against for Jack Campbell, a 4.29 goals against, and both goalies having save percentages under 900 is not going to help your cause either. But what are you doing bringing in a new system in the off season and this team isn't ready to go with it. I don't understand the approach here. It's making me question some of these coaching decisions. Leon Dreisaitl, 11 points in six games beast. Connor McDavid off to a pretty good start, eight points in five games. Yeah. You want to see him shoot the puck more. It's the mistake steal. It's the blue line. And it's this decision to implement this quote unquote new defensive system that just has me scratching my head and definitely has this Edmonton team on the hot seat early. Yeah, I put out I put out a poll the other day. Uh, said, "What's more wrong right now with the Edmonton Oilers, mm, coaching right. or goaltending?" There was only forty votes on it, but coaching got fifty three percent and goaltending got forty seven percent of the votes on that poll. So it's clearly a fi- it's almost a fifty fifty split between yeah. coaching and goaltending. But Jay Woodcroft just implementing something that isn't working right now, and just mm-hmm. again, this is a team that you don't really have to. Do- yeah, you're still the head coach, but. You've got the two best players on the NHL. Like, what are you doing <coughs> wrong that, that's getting this team to a poor spot? Obviously, the goaltending has been terrible. But let's continue to stay in the West because I've got another Canadian mm. team, and that's the Winnipeg Jets. Um, one of the reasons why I think this is a team that's in the hot seat right now. Yeah, this is an interesting one. I want to hear is, it. This is an interesting one. It's more the fact to do of their low attendance uh, at home games right now. Yeah, that's games against. The games against the biggest Golden Knights and LA Kings uh, just a couple, you know, a week ago or a couple days ago, uh, drew in less than twelve thousand fans, the lowest attendance wow. rate since arriving from Atlanta in 2012. So that wow. is not a good sign for Winnipeg, a team that has no. already lost or relocated once before uh, throughout their history. And on top of that, you know, we got the picture of Connor Hellebuck out here. Yeah. He's not looking like Connor Hellebuck right now. He's looking mm. like Jack Campbell out there. You know, that's, a, that's a pretty harsh term, but again, <laughs> yeah. 
the, the, yeah, the stats hurt. are not denying it. He's not playing his game defensively. He's not getting a ton of help. Nikolai Ehlers has just been, again, a ghost out there. He's got two assists in six games, minus three. Um, you know, they're getting some good looks out of Velarde and I have follow so far, but if they really want to be a cup contending team, are they a playoff team? Maybe, maybe a mm. bubble team, but do they want to, if they, if they want to be a cup contending team, they need to figure something out. And again, I don't know if it's a leadership problem. You know, they got, they got, they give the captaincy to Adam Lowry. Maybe it's taking him a little bit to get, you know, fully adjusted to being that number one guy mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. everyone looks to now to get going. Again, you've got you sign Shifley, you sign Hellebuck to these long-term deals. Get them going. Some they got to get themselves going somehow. Yeah, that might be indicative right there of what we, you and I, have been struggling to put our finger on. What's been going on in Winnipeg? They also are now dealing with this Rick Bonus situation. You know, his yeah. wife is ill. He stepped away from the team. You have your goaltender struggling a little bit. I, this would be if there was one team that I were to quote unquote disagree with you on, because I don't think this is a poor take in any stretch. This might be the only one that I would say, I think they're okay for now. I think they're three and three as well. Although everything that you're breaking down makes sense. And I think it will catch up to them sooner or later, especially if those big guns do not start to fire. And I mean, in net as well, Steele. So Let's see what happens there because I think they have enough to turn it around. When we turn it around after the break, though, I'll hit you with my two Eastern Conference teams on the hot seat very quickly, and then we'll fire off our Friday bets. Sounds about right. I also got two Eastern Conference teams as well. Big time Boom. bets coming up very, very shortly. But this episode is also brought to you by Sleeper. The NHL season is finally here, and you know we got you covered here on the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast. We absolutely love the NHL, and we know that you do too. That's why you tune in Monday through Friday. And that's also why we want to tell you about the Sleeper app. The Sleeper app is the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network, and it's my go-to as well as flips for daily fantasy sports, oh, yeah. and especially daily fantasy hockey. With Sleeper, you can win 100 times your your money on daily fantasy and fans can also play daily fantasy NFL, NBA, MLB, CFB on the sleeper app. The NHL has never been more exciting than it is now with studs like Connor McDavid. When he comes back from injury, Alex Ovechkin, who's getting on the score sheet now, Crosby and McCarr and many more is at your fingertips. Just pick more or less on stats for these stars on stats like goals, assists, saves, plus minus, and many more options you heard me. Uh, you heard me uh, right, fantasy hockey fans. A hundred time payout on the mm. sleeper app. So start paying attention and get your picks right, and you could win big. Use promo code Locked On NHL, and you'll get up to a hundred dollar match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's Locked On NHL. See sleepers' terms of use for details. Bang. Nailed Thanks. this deal. Thank you, thank you, and thank you so much for making the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast your first listen every single day. Boom. Continue to hit that subscribe, leave a follow, and leave a five-star review. We appreciate all that love and support. Mm -hmm. These teams are going to need some, need some support right now because yeah. they are getting to some very poor starts right now. Mm -hmm. I'll start off with, you know, I don't have too much to say on the Washington Capitals. I Really, really all I want to say is... Um, this team is uh, pretty slow, pretty old right yep. now. They're one of the oldest teams in the NHL. Yep. And I watched that game against the New Jersey Devils the other day. They were up 3 nothing after the first and then allowed three goals in under two minutes and were down 4-3 after the second period. They ended up, you know, 
regrouping heading into the third. They still won that game six to four, but it was a brutal performance all around, especially with that rookie goaltender Shepard in the crease, you know, not yeah. giving him a ton of support. They left uh, him out to dry for they sure. They left him out to dry on a couple, couple of softies, a couple of softies. All those goals, it just seemed like the defenseman or the entire group out there was just mm. standing around looking at the puck while the, uh, the devils were shooting it at him. So, you know, definitely a poor start 10, uh, 10 and a half percent on the power play. Their penalty kill is not any better. 69.6% on the penalty kill. So they're yep. not getting it done on special teams. They're not getting it done on the man advantage. And th this is a team that, you know, we had at the bottom of the Metro. I think it was mm -hmm. one, it was either the last or the second last team we had in the Metro. Agreed. And right now it's looking to be that way for the Washington Capitals moving mm -hmm. forward. I think it was, we had the Flyers or... I think it was, think the, it was Flyers. the Flyers last. And then we had, I think we had CBJ or Washington interchange there in that yeah. seven spot. Anyway, the problem here is with what all you're saying adds up is the offense isn't there to pick up this slack defensive play. It isn't there yeah. to pick up the goalies. 12 goals scored so far this year, Steele. This is not going to be good enough. And we know it all runs through number eight. But when the St. Louis Blues and San Jose Sharks are the only two teams that have scored less goals than you, you're not going to be in line to win games. And thankfully, a team right around them in the Pittsburgh Penguins is also struggling right now. And, you know, we talked about Washington. So I'm Washington's on my list as well. So let me just finish off my teams with Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, in my opinion, Steele, they bring in a lot of new faces. And maybe that's why we need to give this team a little bit more time. But Nola Chari, zero points. Jeff Carter, zero points and i know those guys aren't your dynamos on offense but they're gonna need to prop up that top six and do something this pittsburgh team was very mediocre right there in the middle of the pack last year on power play right there in the middle of the pack on penalty kill and that's basically what they're lining up for this year and it's not going to be good enough and i really do think bringing in Eric Carlson. We all love the move. This time last year, Eric Carlson already had three or four goals. He's only got one so far. He needs to be better, in my opinion, Steele. They paid a hefty price to bring him in. I think they need to be and are paying him as well. Let's get this guy going. To me, it's got to be special teams, and they got to figure it out in a hurry. So to me, given that that window for winning is closing, much like it's already slammed shut, yeah. it seems, in Washington – they got to get it going in a hurry. And to me, they're definitely on the hot seat with a poor start. And I think, let me just pull this up quick time. In the division, they are in last place, one point behind Washington. So things aren't exactly yeah. pretty in Pittsburgh either. Not pretty. And, and uh, you know, Tristan Jari has been very disappointing as well. Only mm -hmm. one win, three losses. He has, again, one of those guys that just looks like a shell of himself out there just not going his way, but hopefully it turns around for the Penguins so they can make another deep playoff run. One of the last uh, with this group mm -hmm. uh, who have been with them for a very long time, their entire NHL career. Right. My last team before we get to big time bets, I have got the New York Islanders. Uh, two, two and one to yeah. start the season. 13 goals for, 17 goals against. Mm. And I have them on here just because a big part of that is their power play percentage. Again, one of the worst power plays like they were last year. I've always said especially when it comes to the New York Islanders defense wins champion championships. And I still stand by that because it's one of the crucial parts in order to win any championship right now. They have absolutely zero consistency at mm. both ends of the ice. Mm. Like one game, you'll get great goaltending and great defensive plays from Elias Sororkin and like Adam Pellick and Noah Dobson, but mm. have no offense. 
Then the next game, they'll get a surge in, a surge in offense and have no goaltending and no defensive plays or no uh, no big defensive plays to keep them in the game. If you look at the games they've played so far, mm. um, you know, they, the two two of the games that they've lost, they had four goals, but they got slapped around by the Devils and the Colorado Avalanche. So mm-hmm. there's no consistency on both ends of the ice right now for the New York Islanders. And a big part of that as well is their power play sucks. It still sucks. 12 and a half percent on the power play. They they're two for 16 tied for sixth worst in the NHL right now. So for me, Eesh. the New York Islanders, I'm still mm. an Islanders fan. I still think they have a chance at making the playoffs. And if they make the playoffs, mm. I still think they can make a deep playoff run because they have one of the best goaltenders in the world. Well, yeah. But if they can't get any offense, you're not going to win games. And, and that's the big part of it. Yeah. And it's almost a shame that Sorokin is, you know, he's been standing on his head at times. He's been making some really, you know, 10 bell saves on the regular. I guess I also really need to see a lot more out of Matt Barzal. And, you know, I don't have his Horvat too. Yeah. Horvat's been disappointing. And I know I haven't watched a ton of Islander hockey this year. So maybe, you know, Islanders fans tell us if we're off here, but I think overall to me, why I would say, yeah, hot seed, I get it for sure. They need to be a lot better. I kind of expected them to be right here in this mix, struggling to score offensively, bubble playoff team. I expected them to be better, and I think they will turn it around just because of how good Sorokin is. But I like this take steal. The offense has got to do something. And this is yeah. this is very similar situations and very similar storylines for a lot of these teams mm-hmm. over the last couple of years, right? Islanders can't score. We're looking at Pittsburgh on the special teams. Got to be better. Edmonton's goaltenders can't figure it out. Calgary can't stay consistent with their offense. These are all very similar themes that these teams have been dealing with. And I think they're going to need to wake up in a hurry because there's a lot of squads around them that have figured out their weaknesses and are putting the pedal down. Yes, they are. And we're going to have to put our pedal down big time bets because we are in full speed right now Mm -hmm. over this last week. We are hitting bets uh, and it's been nice to see. It's been very nice to see. So if you don't mind, I'll actually just rattle off fire three of my picks. Fire away. Starting off with the Canucks, uh, or sorry, the Blues on the puck line. The odds aren't out right now, but (laughs) Blues puck line plus one and a half against the Vancouver Canucks. The Canucks right. have lost five of their last six matchups against the the uh, St. Louis Blues. And mm-hmm. Jordan Bennington, it pains me to say this, but Whoa. he's been playing well to start the season. Whoa. So uh, first pick, Blues puck line at plus one and a half against the Vancouver Canucks. Okay. And six out of the seven, they've won by more than uh, by two goals. So Vegas Golden Knights puck line at minus one and a half. And then my lock of the night, I'm going to take the Minnesota Wild on the money line against the Washington Capitals. They've won their last four matchups against the Capitals, two of them on the road as well. So Capitals are just playing bad hockey right now. They squeaked out a win against the Devils on a back-to-back, but I'm going to take the Wild money line for my lock. Love the lock of the night, and thank you for taking my explanation very nicely. The Wild have scored 14 goals against the Capitals in their last three games, so they're clearly getting it done. That's bad news if it's, uh, what's his name, the 27-year-old AHL guy who just came up. Shepard, it might he might be in trouble again if it's him. It's probably going to be Kemper, but anyway, yeah. I got Minnesota on the money line. Also, they're playing plus, plus money right now for some reason. I'm going to take that all day. Second pick, I'm taking a look at this Buffalo-New Jersey game. I wanted to go over. I wanted to maybe take Jersey, but I got to go to the NHL point leader in Jack Hughes. And when I dig into his numbers in 13 career games against the Buffalo Sabres, seven goals, seven assists for 14 points. Give me Jack Hughes. Anytime goal, I think he gets his. He's been distributing. I think he's going to start shooting the puck a little bit more. Jack Hughes, anytime goal, the odds are up and down. Make sure you get the best one. 
lock of the night steal. This is a little bit of a tricky board for me, number one. I'll say that. Yeah, it was. But when I'm taking a look at this LA Kings squad who just laid a six-piece on Arizona two nights ago, they're back at Arizona again. They've won. They've taken points in – let me just bring this up. They've taken points in nine of the last ten games against the Arizona Coyotes, including seven victories. So hit me with the LA Kings on the money line, on the road, minus 129 right now. I think this LA Kings team is starting to figure it out, at least offensively, putting up five goals, seven goals in, six goals out of three of the last four games. I think the offense gets going again against Arizona. Give me them for my lock of the night. And hopefully Cam Talbot and Phoenix Copley come around so they can feel safe on the back end of the ice as well moving forward. We know they got some studs out there in the offensive group, but I like your lock of the night. I also like the Jack Hughes anytime goal. I might even dabble on Tyler Toffoli anytime goal. He's he's been on fire. He's been on fire the last two games. Hat trick and then a two-goal game against the Washington Capitals as well. Those are the big-time bets for Friday night. Thank you so much for making the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast your first listen every single day. Make sure you're tuning in Monday through Friday. 7 o'clock in the morning Eastern time is when you can find our episodes on YouTube and your favorite podcast platform. So again, thank you so much for tuning in for today's episode. Have a great weekend out there. Good, Good luck with all your bets tonight, and we shall see you back here again tomorrow. Peace.